In the last episode of Timeless Leadership, we were joined by advertising veteran Lou Pascalis. And Lou talked with us about the importance of brand safety and suitability, and particularly as it related to brand's content being adjacent to sources that are, well, let's just say less than trustworthy. We now have all these people that are self-publishing on their their smartphone. You know, we we're, we become accustomed on the evening news or, you know, CNN or MSNBC throughout the day to seeing iPhone video, cell phone video, um, covering an event, right? So everyone's a reporter, which means everybody's a journalist, which means everybody is actually writing their opinion. And we need journalism to debunk misinformation. And you and I both know there's a war on truth in this country. So that brings up the obvious question, why should truth matter to leaders? This is Timeless Leadership, where we explore the values and principles that drive extraordinary leaders. We look for the timeless virtues that are just as relevant in the 21st century as they were in the first century. Universal truths that will help make us better versions of ourselves. We're wondering about truth and why it matters, and I'll answer that burning question in just a moment. This is Scott Monty. Hi, welcome to Timeless Leadership. I'm glad you're here. This is one of those episodes where it's just me and you, and in this episode we do listener mail. And we're actually going to start out with listener mail this time, because I think it kind of sets the tone for how we want to look at things. Marcy wrote in and asked about the difference between an optimist and a realist. Are they at odds? Is one better than the other? Do different people need different types of leaders? Wow. Um, Great question, Marcy. I'm glad you asked it. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because we talked about optimism with Harry Cohen way back in episode five of Timeless Leadership here in season one. Harry, of course, wrote the book, Be the Sun, Not the Salt. And he was very careful to point out that being heliotropic, being naturally engaging, happy, encouraging, etc., it's not the same as optimism. They're related, but it's not the same. And when I think of optimism, I think of someone who looks for opportunities, looks for hope. And really, that's what leaders need. They need to be hope peddlers. If we can help people understand a vision for where we want to go, and if we can encourage them and make them hopeful about where it is that we're going together, the better we're going to find that people stick around and are naturally motivated by those kinds of words, much more than they're motivated by fear. I actually did an essay about leading with fear versus enthusiasm or fear versus hope. La Rochefoucauld reminds us, from all the way from 1664, that we promise according to our hopes and perform according to our fears. Well, if we could flip that on its head and perform according to our hopes, then perhaps we might 
get somewhere. And there's a story I like to recall regarding optimism versus realism, and really, there's a very fine line. And in this particular story, I think we see realism tinged with optimism. And the story goes back to uh, one of the Little House on the Prairie books. You know, Laura Ingalls Wilder wrote a series of Little House on the Prairies, uh, Prairie books. And this one is from On the Banks of Plum Creek. It's the fourth book. And uh, in this one, the family was beset by a plague of grasshoppers. You know, they were farmers out in Minnesota. And um, they lived off the land. And as the grasshoppers fell from the sky, they enveloped everything. And they began eating their way through the trees and the wheat fields. And yet, there was a glimmer of hope in all of this. The chickens that they raised, they usually chased grasshoppers around the chicken yard and wouldn't catch them because obviously grasshoppers are a lot quicker than the chickens. But as this deluge of grasshoppers just blanketed the yard with grasshoppers, all the chickens had to do is reach out their necks and consume grasshoppers. And Laura's mother and the story saw a silver lining in all of this, in these clouds and blankets of grasshoppers. She said, well, at least we won't have to buy feed for the hens. So even with some great loss, there's an opportunity to find a gain. Even in some of our biggest failures, we have an opportunity to hope our way out of things. And hope itself is not a solution. There needs to be action that comes with it. But I think the leaders that peddle hope are the ones that are more effective because hope is based in reality. It's based on where you are right now and looking for where you want to go. I hope that answers the question. Maybe it prompts a few more. If you have a question like Marcy did, you can email us at timeless at scottmonte.com, and I will do my best to answer. Again, the email is timeless at scottmonte.com. Let's get into talking about truth. It's easy to concoct a sexy story to get people to believe something they already want to believe, whether it's a miracle testing process like we saw with Theranos, or the high value of co-working spaces like we saw with WeWork, or the endless supply of digital money that Sam Bankman-Fried was promising with FTX. But in these cases, you pull one thread and the entire story begins to unravel, and it reveals more about the founders and the operators than we previously knew, and that results in investors asking the questions that they should have asked all along. Now, my parents raised me with an impression that if I got in trouble at school or around the neighborhood or wherever I was, they wanted to hear it from me first. 
if they found out from somebody else, then I'd be in trouble for the cover-up in addition to what I was originally going to get in trouble for. It's always the cover-up that manages to mess people up, isn't it? That the truth always comes out. Shakespeare said, Murder cannot be hid long. A man's son may, but at the length truth will out. Always. The truth may not be pretty. It may not put you in the best light, but if you accept it and embrace it and share it, it'll make you stronger. Stronger in perception as well as in character itself. If you do this with integrity, embracing the truth will give you long-term credibility. That's right. Truth is a down payment on loyalty. Let me say that again. Truth is a down payment on loyalty. Truth begets loyalty from your customers, your employees, your investors, anyone you build a relationship with. But it's a long game. Relationships always are. But loyalty doesn't come from transactions. Loyalty comes from being able to trust someone and from repeated actions over time. These are feelings that are built, not made. Another way of uh, thinking about truth is through transparency. A little transparency can go a long way. Honesty leads to transparency. Transparency leads to trust. Trust leads to loyalty. Loyalty means retention. You keep employees longer. You keep customers longer. That's how the flow goes. Honesty, transparency, trust, and loyalty. Now, in transparency, you don't have to reveal your secret ingredients or your patent or your code. But if you take your audience along on the journey with you, they'll appreciate that honesty. If you need to change your pricing or packaging, product design, or anything else that's going to affect the consumer, well, tell them about it clearly and honestly. And that way they'll appreciate you more rather than them finding out about it. Now think about it. When's the first time you discovered that a half gallon of ice cream is no longer a half gallon, 64 ounces. It's now 48 ounces. Or that a half gallon of orange juice is no longer 64 ounces. It's now 52 ounces. How did you feel when you found that out? How would you have felt if the company told you up front? Truth has been debated for millennia by philosophers. What is truth? It was asked by Aristotle, Plato, Socrates, the Stoics. All of them had an essence of truth, of what they thought truth was. And today, you can hear overly enlightened people talking about my truth, as if they've cornered the market on what truth is. Perhaps a better phrase for my truth would be my perception because your truth infers that it's personal based on what you've experienced. 
Now, if we're going to coexist in society, and that's what society is, and whether it's through business or politics or just life, well, common facts are essential. We need experiences and observable realities that we share. In the poem Ode on a Grecian Urn, John Keats looks at this inanimate object with its scenes from ancient Greece, and he imagines what was happening those thousands of years ago. He's standing in the British Museum just gazing at this urn. Now, this moment is frozen in time, captured almost like an Instagrammable moment, but it's on a funerary urn rather than on a black mirror of a phone. And as he stands there, Keats reflects on his own thoughts from his own time and gives the urn new meaning. And when we think about history, whether it's the long past or our collective past or a shared experience, it's not just to give us a journal and timeline of what we went through or what other people went through, but it's to give us lessons that we can take to the present. And that's what leadership is. It's about lifelong learning. It's going on this journey to learn more about ourselves, become better versions of ourselves. Homer's poems, the Bible, these are part of a tradition that were first oral and then written down. They became a common set of stories for society. And those stories were set in a particular time, but their lessons are universal. That's why they're still relevant today. And we put them in context of a much different world than Homer or the writers of the Bible would ever know. And why does that work? Well, because human nature has remained constant because we have more in common with ourselves and our ancestors than we might think. And see, this is what storytellers do. They capture our common experiences. They create tales that trigger emotions within us. We laugh or cry. We feel shame or pride or uh, exhibit sympathy or grief. They give us ideas and actions. And stories are based on things that are discernible, things that we can attest to. In other words, stories are based on truth. And the sooner you can be honest with your audience, the faster you'll be on your way to loyal followers. And that's the truth. I'm so glad you were here with me today. Don't forget, drop me an email at timeless at scottmonte.com. I would love to hear from you. Send in your questions. Next week, we'll be back with another interview. In the meanwhile, I hope your actions inspire other people to learn more, dream more, do more, and become more. The true hallmark of a timeless leader. I'm Scott Monte. Thanks. And I'll see you on the internet.